Welcome to the Nopalera podcast, a place where I share the journey of building my company from the ground up, as well as the stories of others in our community. I am your host, Sandra Velasquez, founder of Nopalera, a culture-forward brand that celebrates and elevates culture. Aside from making great products, we are cultural storytellers with a mission to inspire our community to stand in their worth. In this podcast, you will hear a mix of solo and guest episodes around the entrepreneurial realities of building a company. I launched Nopalera from my Brooklyn apartment with no outside funding while working three jobs, raising my child in the middle of the pandemic at the age of 44. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I hope it inspires you to live boldly. Amanda Lopez is a Mexican-American portrait and lifestyle photographer based in Los Angeles. Her father lent her his camera at the age of 17, and photography soon became her savior. Whether she's on assignment or photographing members of her family or friends, Lopez's camera eye looks for the balance of beauty, strength, and tenacity. I am so honored to share Amanda's story today on the Nopalera podcast. I consider her one of our closest collaborators here at Nopalera. Every single photograph that you see on our website or on our socials was taken by Amanda. And I actually reached out to her even before launch because I knew that she was the right person to tell the story of Nopalera through her art form. If you are looking for an amazing photographer, visit the link in the show notes to contact Amanda. And without further ado, let's dive into her story. Hey, Amanda. Welcome to the Nopalera podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to talk to you because I, as you know, have been a huge fan of your work. I, I basically Instagram stalked you, right, for many years. And that was when I was a musician and I was, you know, going to hire you to take photos of, of me and, and my bands. And then I created Nopalera and I was like, wait, I still want to work with you. You know, I just admire what you have created. I feel like you are a true artist with your craft. And I want to dive into your story and go back to the beginning and sure. really learn about, because I actually don't know the story either, right? I only know the amazing Amanda Lopez photographer who who I know now in, in this modern era. But like, take us back to when you were first starting. Like, my first question is, did you always know that you were going to be a photographer? I always liked art. Um, when I was little, my mom was, I don't know if she was conscious or maybe she, she, you know, also likes art, but she would always take us to museums. There was these like set of books that I really liked about like all these modern artists, like, like Van Gogh and Picasso. And she'd buy me these kids books of these painters. And I was always really interested in that. And she put me into oil painting classes when I was a little girl and I really liked it, but I was a little frustrated because I wanted to be a realist painter and I didn't have those chops and maybe they take a long time to develop or maybe they come naturally. I don't know, but either way, I didn't have the patience for it. So I was like, oh, that, that was disappointing, but I still really liked art, you know? And then in high school, I went to a performing arts high school and they had a bunch of cool art electives. That's why it's, it bums me out when arts get cut in school, because if it were not yeah. for that art, education that I had in high school, I'd probably be not a photographer because I took a photo class in high school, changed the whole trajectory of my life. Like I had a photography teacher who super believed in me and was like, you got to do this, helped me in any way that he could. And then I realized, oh, you can study this in school. You know, so when I graduated, I was like, all right, I want to go to college and study photography and all of those things, like from a little girl to taking those oil painting classes to having that photo teacher in high school who was like, go girl, you know, like those all helped me. And if I wouldn't have them, you know, I probably wouldn't be here right now. 
Right. So yeah, mentorship, right? It's so important to have those people that open those doors and expose you to things early on and are truly life-changing. That's amazing. And so this was back when you were in Sacramento, right? Yep. Grew up in Sacramento, spent the first 18 years of my life there and then went to San Francisco and stayed there for 10 years. And that's where I really started to develop my eye and, you know, build my talent and meet a bunch of friends. At that time in San Francisco, I always say it was such a magical time. Every single person I knew was an artist, whether it was musicians, painters, graffiti artists. We were all trying to make something happen. We were so young, you know, but yeah, just trying to make it happen, like hustling our little butts off, you know. And so that was really a pivotal point in my life. Yeah. Those early years are so crucial to like building the resilience of being an artist. Yep. Obviously being an artist, as I know, and you know, this is not a nine to five job. So you're not getting a paycheck every Friday (laughs) or every two Fridays. So what are you doing as you are like now you're in San Francisco and you are trying to make things happen? What else are you doing to survive at this point? You know what? I always feel really lucky because all of my nine to five jobs for the most part have all been art related. So I was working mm. at a gallery in San Francisco, um, Galeria de la Raza. I worked. I in, love that place. Yeah. I worked there for a long time. I worked at a photo studio. I was shooting editorially. I was doing anything I could to survive. And luckily back then, you know, rents were cheap and you know, you make do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've always been really lucky to be able to kind of have those kind of jobs that kept me inspired and interested, you know, like I'd work all day at a studio, you know, seven in the morning to four at night and I'd come home and like grind on my own stuff, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and San Francisco is a perfect place for that back when it was like an artist town before we got taken over by Silicon Valley. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, San Francisco is so special. I haven't been back in a long time, but man, in the early like 2000 to 2010, oh, it was cracking. So good. (laughs) Totally. And so tell me about, do you remember the first actual gig as a photographer? Do you even remember where Mm. you were paid money? Like you were hired to be a photographer and someone paid you money and they probably didn't pay you enough, I'm assuming. (laughs) You know what? I actually do. It's funny that I've never, no one's ever asked me that before, but I do remember this woman hired me to shoot some family photos. So I went to her house and photographed her and her husband and her kid and my boyfriend at the time, I think, was my assistant. I was like, come on, like, I need you to hold the reflector, you know, I'll take you out to lunch after. And that was my first gig. And I remember being so nervous, you know, like so nervous. Like, oh, I hope they like the photos. I hope I'm doing this. Okay. And then, you know, that imposter syndrome comes in. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm so young. Like, do they know? Like, I don't have that much experience. Like, you know, <laughs> so all these things are like floating through my mind. But as I've gotten older, I realized you got to kind of get over those humps. Yeah. In my experience, like when things are new that, you know, they, they can be a little scary, but you just got to get over the hump. You do it enough times. Yeah. And it's fine. So <laughs> you're like, I survived. It yeah. was fine. They like the pictures. Let me do it yeah. again. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. So did you always know that you were going to be like a portrait photographer? Because I feel like and to correct me if I'm wrong, that that's really what you are most known for is your portraits. Like they're stunning. You tell these beautiful stories. You capture people's souls with your portrait photography. And is that what you wanted to do or did you kind yeah. of fall into that? No, I knew because I took a bunch of different in college. You know, you have to take a bunch of different classes and I I took a photojournalism class and I knew right away, oh, that ain't it. And then I thought, <laughs> oh, maybe I have to be a wedding photographer. You know, because the other thing is, you know, you talked about mentorship earlier. And the other important part, too, is not only having mentorship, but also having representation. And there mm. was no one I could ask, 
how do you become a professional photographer? Like nobody yeah. in my family was like, oh, you could do X, Y, and Z. Everyone was just like, go me high. You know, like <laughs> we got your back. I can't help you in that We're so way. proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, go do you. And so really trying to figure out like, how am I going to do this? You know, so like having that representation is really important. And for me, it came down to me seeing like there's a handful of Latino artists who like were really influential in my work. And when I saw their work, something like went off in my heart. And I was mm. like, oh, that's it. Portrait photography. And so I tried a bunch of different things and just kept coming back to like my favorite thing is working with people, mm. seeing what we create, making something that both people are proud of, you know. And so, yeah, people like early on, I kind of figured it out. I would say like in the first year you know mm -hmm. that I went to college I was like oh no editorial people portraits that's what feels really good to me yes I think it's when you really find your lane and what you love it reflects in the work because your portraits are stunning mm -hmm. I mean that's how I discovered you I was like who is this person taking these photographs of these people I had never seen honestly anything like it because again talking about representation right yeah who's capturing our culture yeah who's taking photos of us it has to be us right yeah yeah Okay, so that you're like, great, I'm going to be a portrait photographer, you're in San Francisco. And how do you start getting publication gigs, like bigger gigs? Like, are you reaching out? Are people finding you? Like, what's kind of the trajectory, right, of how you're getting this career off the ground? Yeah. Well, first, I would say it was a slow, long burn. I feel like 20 <laughs> years later, I'm finally oh in like a cool place, you know? <laughs> you know, in the beginning, it was just like emailing every single person I could like, hey, this is my work. I'd love to shoot for you. I was lucky in the first couple early years, like some of my friends were writers, so they needed photos for their projects. Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends were musicians. And so, you know, we did a lot of photos with them for like their band stuff. And then those things would get published. And then when I was in San Francisco, you know, I'd do as many art shows as I could. I would throw my art anywhere, like mm. just so people could see it. And I was able to find a lot of clients that way. Like, oh, we saw your artwork here. Mm. Do you do this? Or, um, you know, we saw this in a magazine. Do you do this? And so truth be told, hustling for a long time, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love that because so when you're saying you're like putting your artwork and you're having shows like this is you printing your photographs and finding a gallery space and having a show, inviting people to your show. Right. Is this what we're yeah. talking about? That and honestly, in San Francisco, a lot of alternative spaces. I would show at cafes, at bars, community centers, like mm -hmm. anywhere that I could. Anywhere that had a wall. Share the work. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you need some artwork. Let me bring it down. Yeah. Like, oh, I have a bunch of friends. We'll do a show, you know, like at nightclubs, like mm -hmm. anywhere in San Francisco at that time, if you had a wall and you were down, <laughs> me and my friends would throw some artwork up there. So, yeah. And so now it's been 20 years, right? As you said. Yeah. I just want to fast forward for a moment and ask you, do you see more representation? Do you have more or did you along your journey find other Latinas in your like space that were creating and succeeding? Do you have other people that you can now look up to or are you now the leader and other people are looking up to you or what, what, what is it like? Well, I think now it's so great. Like the internet has brought so many people together. That's how I have found so many amazing Latino and Latina photographers is mm. Instagram discords. Like mm -hmm. the, just the internet culture has brought so many of us together. You know, when I was 18, 
I didn't even have a computer like yeah. until I went to college. I'm like, oh, I got to get a computer now. And those are in the early days of the internet, at least for me. And so I didn't know how to find people like all of the information that's in these archives was not online yet. And so now there's a a huge community of Latino photographers. And it's awesome to see that. Like that makes me so proud because I knew two photographers, both men, mm. uh, Latino photographers who were doing what I wanted to do. And it was awesome to have at least two examples. But now young girls coming up, they're going to see a wave of us. And yeah. that is so dope, you know? Yeah. And so, but what about other women? So you had like two men that you could look up to. Yeah. And your journey, this like 20 year journey. Did you find other women who were succeeding and making a living as, as a photographer? Did you eventually find them? Yeah, totally. I will say part of my story and part of my inspiration is uh, one of the photographers I was just talking about, um, Esteban Ariel. I always mention him because he was the one, you know, one of the two people that I saw doing amazing work, photographing his community, mm. low riders, folks, you know, in his neighborhood in like the most beautiful way I had ever seen. I was like, who is this person? And it changed my life to see that, you know, and so yeah. he's been a real, to this day, like a super influence in my journey and my career and someone that I look up to, like he's just doing it all. And, you know, that's the trajectory I hope to, you know, to go on as well. But yeah, like I was saying, like I've met so many more Latina photographers in this space and it's just so dope to see that now, because like I said, it wasn't. Uh, a thing that I saw. Yeah, you couldn't find each other before because yeah, they exactly. were probably already existing like you, right? But they were like, where are the others? Yeah, yeah. We were swimming in our own little lanes and like mm -hmm. we, we didn't intersect because there wasn't a bunch of opportunities for us to do that, you know? Yeah. You know, I used to be a musician, as you know, and yes. music is very competitive. There's only so many bands that can play on a stage <laughs> in a night. How is it in your space, you know, if, if there's a magazine and they're going to hire a photographer... I'm assuming they're going to hire one photographer. Like, what is that like? Right. I just I'm assuming that it's also competitive. Yeah, it, I, I mean, it is competitive. If there's a story, only one photographer is going to get it, you know, and I'm leaning into the ideas that like whatever is meant to be for me will come and find me. I yeah. think earlier in my career, I would be like, oh, man, I, why didn't I get that? I wish I mm -hmm. got that. And and I think I wasted a lot of time in that space. I really do feel I know it's kind of cliche people say it, but like there's room for all of us. Yeah. And whatever's meant for me, I know it's going to find me. So I try not to trip too much about the thing I didn't get and mm -hmm. try and focus on like, how can I get that next time? Or mm -hmm. what can I do to be better in my craft? Because the other thing I learned along the, the way is like, the more you do it, the better you get. And I feel yeah. like I feel like just in the last couple of years is where I'm really starting to feel like I'm in my my groove you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but it took a long time to get there but honestly like I don't think I would say in the last couple of years my, my career has gone in a way that I that I'm happy about and it, it's exciting but also like it happened later in my life and I think if I was younger and not have processed the things I needed to process mm -hmm. or become more of like strong in who I am, I wouldn't have appreciated it. So I feel like now it's like everything's happening at the perfect time. And I'm trying to lean into that, you know? Yes, that's such a great attitude. I feel the same way too. I feel like there's no way I could have handled all of this when I was like in my 20s. You know, you see people that are like in their 20s succeeding, you know, really rapidly. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I wish I could have, you know, had been had more success earlier on. But actually, no, like that whole way of thinking is like so not helpful, right? And takes away from enjoying the moments. So now talk to me about, so you're doing portraiture 
yeah. you're capturing la cultura. And at some point you started taking pictures of products, right? Because, yeah. and so like, how did that happen? Was that just like a brand approached you or did you just start doing that? I mean, I think it's fantastic, obviously, because it's really helping Opalera, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, how did you make that transition? It's two different types of photography. Like not everyone does totally. that. Some people just do one or the other. Totally. It happened really naturally for me. I was super into green beauty, clean beauty, organic beauty, all the, all those labels I was into, you know? Yeah. And so I started photographing these brands. Like I would buy a product and I would think, oh, I can take a pretty picture of that, mm. you know? And then I started an Instagram account with just clean beauty photos. Like I totally separated it from my portfolio work. Yeah. It has kind of a different look. It has a slightly different look. Yeah. Yeah. So I separated it and then I just like liked it. And I kind of surprised myself because I'm such a people oriented photographer. I was like, this is really interesting that I really like this. And I think it just helped that I really liked the brands that I was taking pictures of, you know, and yeah. slowly people would reach out to me and I would do product photos for them. Or uh, sometimes people would send me products and I thought that was so cool. I'm like, oh, I got, I'm getting some free products. I you know, just got to take some photos of them. Yeah. And so I slowly started to like transition into doing like more product photography and have been so lucky to work with such dope brands, like, and primarily Latina brands, which has been like so beautiful. You know, it's been so nice. I love it. I love when I see other like Viva Cosmetics or just like other yes. like friends that you're doing their photos. It just makes me so happy. You know, I'm always like, hi, Amanda. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, what I see is that as a photographer, as an artist, you have an identity for what you have shown through your work. And now shooting brands with products like product-based businesses you're attracting those same people totally because you're known for something that you've built over a long time and that's beautiful yeah. so I hope that people keep finding you and um, keep hiring you so again going back to what I said earlier like being a, a working artist it's tough right the, there's no there's no yeah. like paycheck you know health insurance you know all of this stuff and so yeah how do you balance that how do you stay grounded how do you stay focused how do you stay out of survival mode I guess is another way to ask it yeah well truth be told I was in survival mode for a long time mm -hmm. I didn't have healthy boundaries with like my work I didn't realize I had turned into such a workaholic mm. like I just loved shooting editing being behind my computer like I just I didn't have healthy boundaries mm -hmm. around it. And I think now I realize like if I want to have a healthy, peaceful, joyous life, I absolutely have to have boundaries. Yes. <laughs> and uh, With yourself, and right? I with mean, myself, yeah. exactly. With <laughs> myself. Like I have to like, you know, and it's a struggle. I'm, I'm leaning into it. Yeah. I'm like noticing, oh, you have this thing that you keep doing. Why do you keep doing that? Mm -hmm. Kick back. Like my motto this year, the thing that I really want to lean into is peace and joy. And I realized mm -hmm. like I was doing things that were like not peaceful and not joyful. And mm -hmm. it, it was because I was in survival mode. I thought I was still 20 years old needing to be like up at all hours of the night just working. And that's just not the case. I'm working harder, not smarter. And I, at this point in my life, I don't want to do that anymore, you know? Yeah. Totally. But I did it for a long time. Yeah, you know? right. And I think that that is actually something that resonates with anyone that works for themselves. And yeah. For me, I'm a work in progress too. There's sometimes I work until my computer dies and I'm like, this yeah. is not, this is not the way Sandra. Okay. 
Um, what I actually am trying to figure out what else I can do. That's like a hobby to take me away from work because every hobby, quote unquote hobby I've ever had, I've turned into a business, right? Like I I used to be a musician, (laughs) then I became a professional musician and I released albums and it was work. And then I started making soap as a hobby and then I turned it into a business. And so I need a new hobby. So what do you do, Amanda, to unwind to that's something that's not photography, I like to read. I like to read books. I love a magazine. Oh my God. I was so bummed when like the tower records in my, my hometown closed. Oh my God. It hurt my heart, <laughs> but I love magazines. I love books. I just started exercising again. I haven't exercised for like since the pandemic, yeah. really like yeah. everything kind of went out the window, mm-hmm. you know, and that's been making me feel really good. Like I've only been exercising for a week and I can really feel the endorphins kick in because they've been dormant for a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. So, you know, to unwind, I'm, you know, leaning into trying to exercise more and books. I, like I said, I love books. I love going to bookstores. I have like a stack of books and, and fiction, nonfiction, but also like photo books. Mm. I love a photo book. You know, I also really, really enjoy going to museums and it's not something that I did for two years because everything was closed and online, you know, but I recently went to the Denver art museum and saw George O'Keefe exhibition. Mm. And it was like, you know, we were walking around there for two hours and I was like, I didn't miss my phone. I didn't miss, Mm -hmm. you know, it was so nice to just disconnect and like be around art and just appreciate it instead of like, I got to do X, Y, and Z right now, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm trying to lean in more to that, you know, because I'm in Colorado right now, I'm trying to hike and, you know, all those things. Yes. So do you put a boundary, like for me, I'm trying to stop working at a certain hour. But I know as a photographer, sometimes like you, you even work for like uh, in the television and film industry and those days are long, right? So obviously you have to kind of go with that, go with the flow there. Yeah. But when you're not doing those, are you trying to create like a regular schedule where you stop working at a certain hour, create your own nine to five, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be like dinner time. It's mm-hmm. dinner time, time to put the computer away, time to just chill out with my partner and go for a walk with our dog. And like, that's it. Because the one thing that I'm really understanding more and more is like the work is always going to be there. Always. Like tomorrow is another day. There's going to be 10 more things that you want to get done. Mm-hmm. You might only get done a few. That's okay. Do it tomorrow. Like keep rolling it over, you know? Mm-hmm. I love a checklist. And so sometimes the checklist person in me is like, oh, I just got to do this one more thing. But I'm really trying to lean into like tomorrow. It's okay. Like it's dinner time. The world will not end. Right. Exactly. I know I often say we work in beauty. There are no emergencies. we are not emts okay we are not emts we are not deployed overseas so we we make soap it's it's fine oh i love that that's good so people that are like product-based businesses like other brands like myself and you know people that listen to this podcast who are other beauty founders we're often striving for something we're often striving for to get into this retailer or to hit this revenue goal or to We're just always striving for something, I feel like, you know, most of us. So, but as a photographer, do you feel like you're striving for something? Is there like, oh, when I get into, I mean, you're already in in the Smithsonian. So like you've made it, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, that did feel pretty good. I was like, never in my wildest dreams. I thought maybe when I'm dead, you know, like, so that was really dope. I've been thinking, you know, as I enter this new decade of my life, like I've been thinking a lot about legacy, you know, and like, what do I want my legacy to be? Like, yes, what will happen to my work when I'm not here, you know? And yeah. 
I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. You know, I think some of my personal goals, you know, would be to, you know, produce a book of my photos, you know, in the future. Yeah. To be in more galleries. You know, I always say that, like, you don't need anyone else's validation as long as you're happy doing what you love and you're happy about the work. But it does feel nice to be acknowledged by your peers. And so, yes, you know, I think. Uh, another thing that I'd love to happen along my journey is to be acquired by other museums, like to be recognized as a talented photographer, but specifically as like a Latina photographer, because like, as we were talking about before about representation, like, you know, it's so important. Like I just learned just a couple months ago and I learned it as a 39 year old that the first person in California to take a picture was a woman, a Latina. And no one ever told me that. Like, so to read that in a book, I was like, wow, like we have such a legacy in photography. And I feel like we're just kind of barely scratching the surface on all of the amazing talent in the industry, you know, like, yeah, it's exciting to be around that. And, you know, I hope that my name will maybe one day somehow, some way show up in one of those books, you know, to just to, as a timestamp, like as a yes. she was here, she did this. This was her contribution to the art, you know? Yes, it absolutely is going to be in a book and you absolutely <laughs> should have your own book because your portraits are stunning. I mean, they're works of art, you know, do you oh, actually you. do you sell prints? Uh, sometimes I do, like if someone is requesting a print, like I'd be happy to, to make a print for them. I haven't shown my work regularly for a little while, you know, because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then I hadn't been working on personal things until kind of recently. And so I actually do have a body of work called Guadalupe that explores so many things. I feel like it explores like my relationship to the church, my relationship to my family. Like, what does it mean to be a woman? And like, mm-hmm. I created this body of work that I'm really proud of. And I hope to be able to share it soon and make prints available and things like that. But um, at the moment, it's kind of just like if someone asks, then, you know, sure. But okay. it's not something I've like actively been doing. Okay, because I would like yeah. to own a print. Okay. (laughs) I would like to own a print or a couple actually, because they're just, they're stunning. Thank you. You know, we're talking about legacy, right? And that's actually one of the questions I was going to ask you kind of at the end. But when I talk to other fellow founders who are product makers and I'm talking about branding, which is one of my favorite things to talk about, I always try to communicate that a brand is a feeling at the end of the day. Yeah. And so when you think about your body of work, your brand, essentially, are you starting with the end in mind? Are you saying, I'm going to create this? This is what I want people to feel from it. Or what is kind of the process of what you decide to photograph when it comes to your own body of work? Sure. Yeah. You know, I think it's subconscious, but I think one of the greatest compliments you can get as a photographer is someone saying, oh, that looks like a Amanda Lopez photo, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. for me, what that means is like something that's really heart centered. You know, the photographer I mentioned earlier, Esteban Oreo, when I saw his work for the first time, it just blew my mind how beautiful and heartfelt and heartbreaking his photos were, you know, Mm -hmm. going into, you know, sessions like my hope is always to be able to create something that just has a lot of feeling behind it you know yeah and maybe you feel it maybe you don't but that's always my kind of intention is to have some emotion behind it to have a longing a sense of like yes strength and confidence and maybe it's just a tinge of sadness like the human condition but just like I see that in your work joy too but joy too yeah I see that (laughs) I see that And I know what you mean about photographs that just, they're so beautiful, but they're also like heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, they're like heartbreakingly beautiful, right? Yes. Yes. And I definitely see that in your work, you know, how you capture people's spirit. Uh, I mean, Mm. you're telling a story in a photograph, which is to me, I mean, I'm, my mind is blown because (laughs) it's, it's such an art. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. You definitely need to have your own book. 
I can't believe that you don't already have your own book, actually. I've made like little zines in the past, but I want like, you coffee know, table like book. Photo- yes, yes. That you, yes. You know, you see at like, you know, a beautiful bookstore and you're like, I want that one. You know? <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. I see that. Do you know off the top of your head how many photos you have taken that you have published? Uh, published? Yeah. Not the ones that are like stuck in the camera, but. I've been doing this for a long time. I started taking pictures when I was 16. I'm 40 now. And I've been taking, you know, when I go on a photo session, it's not unusual to get thousands of pictures, you know, from those thousands, maybe I'll pull 10 or 20. I don't know. I've hard to say it's, it'd be a interesting uh, thing to look into, but I've taken a lot of pictures. Do you prefer the portraits over like products? I'm going to assume yes, but you tell me. Well, not necessarily. Like, here's the thing. I've gotten to work with such awesome brands, like doing product photography, like you, best client in the world. Oh my God. I'm not paying Amanda to say this. Okay. You're you're like the ideal client because you know my work and you trust my vision. And that feels so good to work with a client that was like, oh my God. Yes. What you do, do it here. Like, that's like the best. Oh my God. I just got chills because that's how I feel about you. I feel like, oh, thank God Amanda exists because I can just give her these products and she's going to know exactly how to tell the story I don't have to explain (laughs) anything to her literally there's I have to give you no direction like no direction is needed because I trust you 100% so thank you and I feel it and it really makes like such a difference it's such a joy to like work with you and you know I've gotten to work with Viva it's such a joy to work with Leslie and Joanna like I love them same thing you know they're like do you here's like every brand they have the things that they want to get done and accomplish in their color stories yeah and it's perfect I love it and it's just like an easy merger of their decisions, my photos, and they all come together so perfectly, you know, and I've just gotten to work with so many awesome brands like that. And I feel lucky because that's something that I learned later in life. You know, someone asked me once like, Oh, what is your ideal client? I was like, Oh, uh, well, in the past, it's just anyone who wants to pay me. And then they're like, No, that's not an ideal client. And, And when that question was asked of me I was like wow and it gave me something to think about and like well that's great because it's important to know those things so that you know what you can make room for and then just to have those metrics you're like oh this doesn't really align Mm -hmm. maybe this isn't like a good fit you know and so yeah absolutely you're so good and you're old enough and experienced enough that you don't have to say yes to everything if it's not aligned you know yeah totally it feels good to know that and to lean into that and to know like ah, that's not what you're doing anymore. You're doing X, Y, and Z. And you got to make room for those things that you want in your life. If you take everything, then there's no room, right? Totally. It's, it's, you're really just getting to know yourself, right? Yes. I feel like that's what photography has been for me. Like Mm. an exploration of things that I can't articulate with words. Photography has helped me heal. It's helped me process things. It's given me so much peace and joy, you know? And so for me, photography has been very therapeutic in a lot of ways, you know? And yeah, now I'm leaning into, like I was saying, like peace and joy is like my vibe that I'm trying to lean into this year. So now I'm trying to go in that direction. All right, like peace and joy. Like, what does that look like? And how can you bring that to the photos? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I want peace <laughs> and joy too. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So now I just want to go into our, our rapid fire questions here. Sure. Some of which we've already touched on, but I'm going to ask you again. So the okay. first one is, what is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? Well, the best piece of advice I've ever been given is to set up boundaries like we talked about. It really has changed everything for me. Like, you know, I come from a gigantic Mexican family and I didn't realize until later in life that we had such blurred boundaries with like everything, you know, family, like interpersonal relationships. It was like, ah, the boundaries are not good. Like my aunt could call me at three in the morning. We would get up out of our bed. We would go see what 
my aunt needed. And that's, that's a nice thing, but like, it's also like, it can be taxing when you have a gigantic family and everybody's doing that to mm-hmm. you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, I really had to learn boundaries. It just makes everything peaceful, you know? Yes. Oh my God. Boundaries. I wish that they taught that in school, but they don't. Boundaries and finance. Right? Boundaries. Find- and, oh my yes. God. Yes. Yes. I always say that. I'm like, I wish they taught me financial literacy in high school because not every family is going to teach you that, you know? And so. Yeah. Not all of us inherit like a financial advisor. Totally. <laughs> I did God, not. wouldn't that be nice? I would, oh yeah. man, I would have killed for I know. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning. Like I'm trying to catch up over here, you know? Um, and so the second question is, uh, what does success look like to you? You know, success looks like to me, I feel successful because I'm doing what I love professionally. That feels very successful to me. And also, I'm in a space in my life now where success also looks like having peace and joy with all of the people in my life, like my family, my friends, the people I work with, like that also feels really successful. Like, ah, everything is just as it should be. And, you know, I worked for a long time in like a few high stress jobs that oof, really took a, mm-hmm. a toll on me. And I just can't imagine being in that position now. So to not be in that position feels really good. And so that feels successful. Yes. Protecting the peace. Yes. What does your perfect day look like? And you know what I, a perfect day would look like? Because, you know, COVID times are, I haven't seen some of my friends in years. I haven't been to a wedding in years. I haven't been to a party in years. My perfect day, honestly, would be going to a party with my family and friends, like some music, some drinking, some hanging out. I would kill for that right now. I would, I would love that, you know? Do you have any parties on the horizon? Well, my friend of mine is getting married in October. Okay. So I'm excited for that because it's been so long since I've seen like my core group of friends all together. Like we just haven't been together in a long time. And so that'll be a perfect day. I think. Okay. Awesome. I love your answer because I, if you've heard past episodes, I feel like people always say what they're going to do when they're working. I'm like, that's your perfect day. It includes work <laughs> because mine doesn't. <laughs> um, so I love that you're like, I want to hang out. Yeah. I want to hang out with yes. like, some music and some food and uh, people yeah, that and I love. Drinks. Yeah. And some drinks. Yes. <laughs> I love yes. That. That's what I want to do. It'd be so good. Ugh. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. So we actually touched on this next question a little bit. You brought it up when we we're talking about legacy, but what do you want to be remembered for? You know what? I would love if my work inspired somebody and they could look at my work and be like, oh, she did it. I can do it. Mm -hmm. Like that would be the biggest compliment, the biggest accomplishment, Mm -hmm. I think, because having someone else do that for me, Mm -hmm. like was so important. So if I could shine a little light on photography once possible for someone else, like, oh, that would be really nice. You know, Yeah, I'm sure that you're already doing that, actually. (laughs) Um, I have a feeling the last question. Is there anything that you wish you would have known before you decided to become an artist or a photographer? I'm going to just say an artist because that's really what you are. Yeah, that's a good question. What do I wish I would have known? I guess I wish I would have known like you're good enough. Like you're good enough. Every step of the way is good enough. Mm. You keep doing it a lot enough and you're going to be at the skill level, you know, meet your goals, but you just got to keep going and every stage is enough. I think for so long, I thought, oh, I'm not enough. I need to do X, Y, and Z and do and act a certain way instead of just leaning into like, I am who I am and this is enough mm-hmm. along the whole way. You know, I think I would have told my younger self, it's okay, you're enough, keep going, you know? Yeah, it's so true. I love that so much. 
we, we spend so much time in our youth thinking that we're not and trying to make up for it. And then later on, we're like, oh, wait, I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yeah. I did that. Well, I mean, thank you so much for sharing your story. I was so excited to talk to you and learn about your story because I've never had a chance to hear it from you because we're always busy working. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for this. You know, you're a, a beacon, a light. Everything you're doing is so amazing. And, you know, you're that lighthouse showing people the way. And so it's like a privilege and an honor to be on this team to help bring your vision to life. Oh, my God. I really feel the same way. I feel like I am just so lucky to have all of you on the team. And I can't wait to take everyone along the entire journey. And I'm just so grateful that you continue to say yes every time I ask you for a photograph. <laughs> um, so thank you. Thank you. Visit nopalera.co to pick up your favorite self-care items for yourself and your friends and family. Join our mailing list to be the first to hear about new products and exclusive promotions and follow us on IG at nopalera.co. And if you are an entrepreneur looking for more real talk and resources, you can join my entrepreneurial newsletter from my personal website, sandraliliavelasquez.com and be the first to know when I host workshops and masterclasses. Everything is linked below in the show notes. Stay resilient.